Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Jesus, Joseph, and Mary Jane. Today, really quick, just wanted to talk about perspectives. And um, on the Mary Jane side of things, I want to talk about how much cannabis has helped me because um, I just have kind of an anxious disposition. I don't know if that's nature or nurture, but it's true. And it's pretty intense. I can get really wrapped up in everybody else's expectations and never do the thing that I'm called to do. I just never had any courage. Um, I never, you know, I needed, I needed somebody's backup, but at the same time, my personality type is one where I also kind of am about perfection and I can see imperfection in things. And when I'm told that things are supposed to be perfect, I can't work on something that I know will be imperfect because I know that what will turn out will be imperfect. And of course, everything is. Uh, and also when I see inconsistencies in the way that we're doing things that will contradict our stated goals, I will, I'll get stuck there. I'm going, well, we can't, can't move forward because... We're supposed to be helping and we can see specifically that this is going to harm somebody or this is inefficient or here's a problem that we didn't foresee that is now kind of making itself evident. But I never had the courage to just, I guess I did have the courage to kind of stand up and tell people it wasn't okay but then that always meant that I got kicked out of the group you know kicked out of the institution it's like I'm pointing out our own hypocrisy and we're not going to talk about it we're going to just remove we're going to remove Rob from the equation or I get so uncomfortable that I realize I need to remove myself because of the hypocrisy that I saw and this is not just in the church by the way this is in government institutions and schools and uh, businesses, this is institutions, period. Christianity is an institution. Atheism is an institution. And even the... even the deeper threads of it all, like the real extreme kind of evangelical Christianity that we deal with now in America is an institution within an institution, so it's just doubly rigid and therefore doubly blind. And that's kind of the point. With cannabis, um, you know, I know that there are some long-term studies that show that people that use cannabis are less productive than non-users. But I wonder how they evaluated that metric. Is it by how much money they make? Yeah, it probably will be. And as should be Christianity, that should be a metric of Christianity. That you should honor a Sabbath. You should have a good work ethic and you should also have a good joy ethic. But Christianity often doesn't. It's sort of, there's a lot of um, just minimizing of your own self and your own experience and your own, the thing that you were created by God uniquely to do which is not your job it's probably a hobby that you have or an interest a vocation of some sort and you work for money but then you do this other thing for joy 
First of all, I think that life is about finding both. Um, and, and everybody gets to determine how much they want to spend on the work and the money and how much they want to spend on their joy. And when you start getting that kind of self-awareness, you'll reduce your work output. You'll reduce the amount of money that you need and the amount of things that you buy because you will find joy in something much simpler. Like for me, it's been yoga and meditation, uh, writing. So, and I don't need a computer to do writing. I do. Uh, but that's really the computer I already had for work. My work requires a big computer with lots of power. Uh, you know, the ability to edit video and stuff. Um, fast internet to upload the big videos we produce. That's all business. But my joy, writing, speaking the way that I want to, speaking on the topics that I want to, which is not technology stuff like my work. Um, man, doing that, that's what I really want. And I don't know if it'll be productive, if I'll be a millionaire that way but I'll be happy and I've discovered that when you don't love money but you love life life is better if you love money and not life then then money is better sometimes at the cost of life and that kind of nuance that sort of learning to look at multiple perspectives that's such an important part of who we are and what we should be doing here in life. And that kind of brings me to the theological impl implications of uh, what I want to talk about today was I was looking and somebody was just making fun of some Christian who posted something on Twitter like, um, you know, atheists make fun of Christians because they say the Bible told me so. Because it's in Genesis or it's in first john or whatever but then atheists will reply with well this is in dawkins and this is in darwin this is in hitchens and i get it i get that when you know the atheists were kind of making fun of them but they couldn't see that that's a legitimate point because many people that read hitchens or darwin or you know evolutionary scientists whatever the technical name might be they haven't done the actual research they they haven't ever discovered a bone they never saw their own um what is it their own kind of revelation unfold before them and they go oh my god i can see now how a frog could have become something else or this worm oh i see how it would have developed an eye look think about this cell and this cell how this responds to light this purpose biochemically nobody does that we just believe that it's provable and we trust that it's provable but we haven't done it ourselves haven't done the research ourselves the problem with christians and with hardline atheists is that both of them are conservative. Both of them are trying to take the viewpoint that they've got it all figured out 
and that their perspective covers all perspectives. Well, science doesn't have any way to explain the soul, so it must not exist, or we're going to just say we don't know, it doesn't exist. Or, But Christians are saying, well, yeah, like, the, the Bible is true, and it's wisdom for life, so therefore... We can do the math on how long these people lived, and we can figure out the year the Earth is six thousand years old. They're both stupid arguments. It's like an artist going, "Well, we know that blue psychologically, actually, we don't." You know, they can say, "I know that when I paint with blue, it makes me sad." Uh, people with that kind of freaking car, like, can you imagine the psychology of that person, that productive person, this big expensive truck? living in the suburbs he has to drive something that just screams look at me I don't get that and it's also totally selfish on my part because it fucked up my recording (laughs) but I don't care Um, anyway the atheists and the and the hardline theists trying to convince each other they're doing the same thing they are relying on third party books they are relying on things that they never engaged with There's so many Christians that don't understand what's in there. They read it, and they're like, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Everyone says that's true. But they've never done that real experiment. They've never totally lived the life that the Bible says to live to see what happens. When I was hardline, kind of evangelibro in the church, I did not live Christianity as much as I do now. I didn't love my labor neighbor as much then as I do now. I didn't have peace when times were hard. I got, I got into my Bible and I started praying and trying to force it. And I started to talk to other people in church and trying to use social power to manipulate people to do the things that I wanted them to do. That wasn't presented in love, honestly. I had love for the kids that I was trying to speak up for, but I didn't have love for the person who I felt was kind of hurting the kids. I didn't have love for my enemies. And I do now. And it's not scientific. And it's not religious. Well, it is religious in the the right sense of the word. The problem is so many of our words are screwed up. But I've, I found truths in the Bible that have nothing to do with science. And I have found truths in science that have nothing to do with what the Bible's trying to communicate. And it's sort of like saying, you know, what's the answer to 42 plus 16? And somebody replies with an answer like uh, purple or emotions, or love. It's literally science and religion are asking different questions. And, you know, scientists often reply to religion saying, well, to live a more moral life where we don't do harm and we're, you know, we're kind of thinking about stuff, what should we do? And scientists will go, well, you know, according, statistically speaking, and the Christians are going, man, listen, it's just about like loving God, like loving the big mystery that's bigger than you. And love your neighbor. That's all there is to it. 
I think we're just missing each other because we're not truly listening. And I think that the guy that made that Twitter post had a point that scientists, atheists, scientific atheists, and evangelical Christians really do have a similar point. They're both pointing at somebody else's life experience, somebody else's research, somebody else's perspective. Because neither have taken the time to just sit in stillness and figure out what do you really believe? Not that somebody told you, but what do you know? And that happens in meditation, by the way. Jesus said, when you meditate. He didn't say if, he said when. The assumption was that you'd meditate because culturally that was a thing. So when you meditate, just watch your thoughts. Say, why do I believe this? And then just kind of stop for 15 minutes. Just go, why do I really believe in evolution? Why do I really believe in the Bible? Why do I really believe in... And you're going to find that the answer at the end of it is not because Dawkins said so or Hitchens or Darwin. It's not going to be because it's in Matthew or Luke or First John, Philippians. The answer will be because you believe it. That is your faith. And that's what Christianity should have been about. And that's what good science is about. Look at the scientists like Einstein, the ones we really revere. They were mocked. He was working in a freaking post office when he, I think, first wrote his paper on relativity. And science mocked him. Because they were all looking at their books and going, no, well, we know that Newton said this, and you can easily prove that Newton said that. And the Christians are going, no, because Moses said this, and you can easily prove that in Psalms it says that. And relativity has theological implications. Like everything's, this is one human experience and we try and divide it down, but it doesn't work that way. Being a human, being alive is an experience, one experience that we have. We are one perspective, our own. And we can hear other people's perspectives, that's the beauty of language, but that only works when you listen to the other person. And you stop thinking that you're done learning. You stop thinking that you're done figuring out. You stop thinking you've got all the nuance in every angle accounted for. You just approach life with curiosity and joy. That, I think, is the call of Christianity. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Peace out.